0: uses ordinary people oh yes he does he chooses people just like me and you who are willing to do everything that he commands God uses people that will give Lamb, who gave Jesus all he had, how the multitude were fed, with the fish and the loaves of bread, What you have made no so much, but I see
1: receiving great, great keys to be a great shepherd. This afternoon, God has blessed us in this conference to receive a son of Bishop Dagwood Mills. When he comes, you will notice that that he is dark In complexion, but spiritually, he is very fair. Spiritually, he's a white man, but the skin is physically black. He has served as a son of Bishop Dagwood Mills for many, many years, and he himself has pastored churches and build congregations and knows every aspect and dimension of the pastoral work that we are doing. Currently, he is the executive director of the Healing Jesus campaign worldwide. And he is like the centurion we read about today he has men under him he says to one go and he goes he says to one come and he comes but it's because he himself is a man under authority that is the blessing we have and today we are happy to have him in the art of shepherding conference last year was phenomenal Months and months after the conference, people kept calling him, not for my message, the host, but they kept calling me to ask me for his message. (laughs) Clap your hands for Jesus. And as I said this morning, you can request for last year's messages. He preached on gathering to add to what I have also said on gathering. But we are about to receive a man with practical insights into ministry. He is not into the Greek meaning and uh, Hebrew and linking Nahum to Obadiah and then coming to John to see how James also said the same thing and the day Matthew was there, how he also saw it. Those things are not... He's coming to minister practically and give us keys for our ministry ladies and gentlemen please stand to your feet because a moment in your life as a leader has come please join me with a hand clap and let us receive the ministry of Bishop Prince Adai
0: hallelujah
2: hallelujah shall we pray father thank you for yet another time in your presence thank you for such a wonderful conference that you by your spirit has put together with god i pray for everyone here and i pray for myself the lord whatever you want to be done is what will be done here and what you want us to do after here is what will be done lord Thank you for the grace to be here. And I pray for every ear and every heart that we shall be prepared. And I pray that whatever I say shall be your word, Lord, and what we need to help our ministries and our churches. Thank you for this grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to say a big thank you to Bishop Ogo my roommates, my friend, my brother for inviting me once again to be here and uh, even a few minutes ago I was not sure that I was coming so let me apologize for not coming yesterday there was no way I could have come I needed to organize and to come with our father here yesterday so I couldn't be here so forgive me Uh, but I'm here today amen amen But let me say this too. How many of you are not from this Bread of Life Cathedral? You are not a member of this church, this building. Lift up your hand. Okay. Thank you. Put your hands down. You know, Bishop Ogo is one of the most anointed teachers I've ever met in my life. And I think that I qualify to say this more than anybody I, I think i can think of you know apart from yesterday if you were here in the night when he was introducing bishop he said that we are not reading from the book but the book is here were you here yes. i don't know of anybody who can explain what bishop dag has written <laughs> apart from himself than bishop ago believe me and i mean we've been to towns villages countries cities and for every pastor's conference he will normally speak before bishop comes and before after bishop leaves we will stay there and i will introduce him and he will talk to people and he will talk from the books you know one time one bishop a bishop of a denomination told bishop when bishop came when he when bishop spoke and he, we took a break he told him that oh don't worry even if you don't come early we are fine before you came we were full he was referring to bishop ago you know so for me he's a very powerful speaker a pastor a prophet an anointed man of god and there's nothing like i'm going to say here that i believe that he cannot say, or he's not capable of teaching you that. So I see it as a privilege that he will consider that I have anything at all to share. <laughs> Amen. And uh, he's my roommate. We've traveled. Sometimes we sleep on the floor. No mattress. We just get a sheet. I always, always remember the room we slept in in Niger, near me. It was very hot. Hot. When I say hot, not the one we are experiencing are not this time real hot it was 45 degrees Celsius in the shade do you understand what it means when they say 45 degrees Celsius in the shade or 30 degrees Celsius in the shade it's different from saying it's 30 degrees Celsius in the shade means that when you go under a tree or in a room where there's ventilation that is the temperature what it means is that when you go into the open sun The temperature is way above that and then we had to share a room as we always do and uh, there was no bed there was no mattress and i think that they for some reason we didn't have bed sheets we always travel with our bedsheets and we didn't have bed sheets so somebody did some magic and we got some two blankets and we put it down in the room i mean a room so he was an I think the door opened it, So she was on the right And I was on the left And in the middle of the night We were, we were asleep i forgotten what happened I had to wake up When I came back He was lying down On the mattress On the blanket And I was also going to lie on the blanket And I looked at him and I said Paul said that I've become all things To all men And he gives a reason He said why So that by, so that by all means I may save some Here we were a specialist, he's not just a doctor he's a specialist, who has lectured in a medical school he's a bishop with so many churches under him lying on a blanket behind a door in a room in our bathroom, I don't want to even talk about that one and there were in the city of Niamey, in that room I mean some complex house that we're staying in, you can't even figure out which architect designed the house we stayed there Hallelujah. So I think we should put our hands together for Bishop Ogo. He's it's a, it's a phenomenon. Every time I see him, I'm very happy to see him. And um, I'm happy to be here. And uh, his wife is my friend and my sister. Sometimes he beats me a few occasions. She's whipped me before and I accept it. Oh, I'm serious. I'm not kidding. You can ask FBM, is it not true? <laughs> Amen. Okay. I think that Bishop Hugo asked me to talk about gathering again. So and he asked me to say a few things I said last year again. And I'll try to see if I can do that quickly. And I'll share with you for a few minutes Something I believe that God has put on my heart to say today. Amen. All right. I think last year we talked about gathering. And um, I just tried to share what we do about gathering. So I tried to define the various definitions or various things that gathering means. You know, and we talked about that. And after that, I tried to talk about. few principles that i think that you need if you want to gather people for church just remember that almost every organization you see is into gathering just remember that that's one of the things you have to remember the devil is gathering if there's there's anything like a neutral the neutral people are gathering and the church of god is also gathering because All the mobile phone companies, what are they doing? They are just gathering people. They are gathering. If you look at the marketing companies, what they are simply doing is they are gathering people. You know, the satanist, fetish, everybody is gathering. And the church is also gathering. The principles are basically the same. But how we go about it is different. And the devil has managed, you know, a few weeks ago, I don't know how many of you have seen that video which during the WhatsApp round where somebody asks Google the name of Jesus Christ, and Google says, I can't help with that. Then Google, if you ask Google, what is Buddha or who is Buddha, and Google will speak for like three minutes and explain who Buddha is. You ask anything you ask Google, Google will say and explain. But then you ask Google, who is Jesus? He said, I didn't get that. Then you say, who is Jesus Christ? He said, I can't help you with that. Do you understand what it means? What it means is that the data has been put in there for everything else except Jesus Christ. So to gather people because of church or because of Jesus Christ is very difficult. That's the difference between all the other gathering. You know, a few weeks ago, somebody told me about They said there's somebody called Kwabna, Kwabna. Is it correct? So when he said that I said, what is Kabna Kabna? Because I can't see why somebody would call Kabna Kabna. You either call Kabna Fusu or Kabna something. Why are you calling Kabna Why are you call Kabna Kabna? They said, oh, he sings and he can gather the crowds. And I said, really? And they tried to explain to me who he is, show me his picture. I've never heard the name before. I've never heard about him before. I'm sorry. Um, you know, but I realize that for people like... When the person finished explaining to me... I realize that for people like that... It's very easy for them to gather crowds... If I may put it that way... Because... They are saying and doing, doing things that... The itching ears Want to hear... What the life today... People are leading... That is what they want... And that's what they want to hear... But you are telling these people that... Come to Christ... And when you come... You can't do this... You can't do that... And you can't go there so the people's mind is that why should i then come john 15:22 jesus said if i have not come and spoken unto them then they have no sin but i said now i have come and i've spoken unto them he said, therefore they have no cloak In the scripture out there they have no cloak to cover their sins anymore So the reason why it's very difficult to gather people for church and for Christ is because people don't want to come. When they come, their cloak is removed. So after that, if you keep on sinning, it's up to you. Amen. But I think that as pastors, as shepherds, our aim should be that as many as possible who must hear this gospel will hear. That should be our aim. I think that many times the reason why we are not able to preach and we are not able to gather people is that we are thinking about how many we are saving. I came into contact with one of Billy Graham's crusade directors who has been his crusade director for so many years. And uh, he's an Argentine. He's from Argentina. And he, I mean, he's been a crusade director for Billy Graham for 40 years. So you can imagine. When I met him, he was 68 years old, and that's all that he had done in his life. And one of the things he shared with me, which I'll never forget, is that along the line somewhere they decided to do a research to find out how people get saved. Apart from whatever we know from scripture and all, they decided to find out that what pushes people to get saved. So they did a the kind of a research, they asked you when did you get saved where did you hear the message was that the first time you ever heard somebody preaching and so on by the time they finished their research across various countries billy was preaching and all that they concluded that it takes on the average 12 to 18 times of a person hearing the gospel before he gives his life to christ 12 to 18 times so what does mean? that the, the person who had not heard about the gospel much at all had heard the gospel 12 times so this includes somebody passing by and hearing the gospel being preached on radio and he hear one or two things that makes him start thinking he sees a preacher on tv somewhere he's passing by station and he hears somebody preaching on the roadside somebody invites him to a sunday service that he was playing the buffoonery but he heard one or two so by the time the person gives his life to christ on the average he's heard the gospel preach 12 times. So, do not be afraid and do not be worried to gather people because that person you are gathering, some of them, the first time they are hearing the gospel is that gathering that you have done. Some of the people, to will be their fifth time. So, they are nowhere near giving their life to Christ, but you are helping them to get to Christ. Hallelujah. Are you here with me today? And the more we get these dynamics in our heads the easier it becomes to do the work of god to gather people to try and get people to be preached to amen okay so i explained to you why we gather people and i think i gave you five reasons or six i don't if i go through that it means i'm preaching the same message again i'm just Trying to rake up a bit as Bishop Ogo asked me to do. Okay. And then I gave you seven principles for gathering. That's the only thing I would like to go over just a little bit because it's a very important thing and it prevents us from gathering. The first one is that you must understand that people do not like God. I think I said this one here last year very well. People don't like God. And that's what I wanted to talk about. That started from the Kwabna Kwabna points. That if you tell people that there's going to be a Miss Ghana pageant, you don't have to go to house to house. They just have to show a few ladies walking and doing all those things on TV. And most of us will appear there. But I've seen crusades that are going to be organized. They will do TV adverts in between news. These different things. When you go to the stadium, only a few people will be there. When it's football they don't even have to advertise people know for some reason they are playing football in england and people will go and fill a bar to watch that football they don't they don't need any encouragement or anything from anybody but when it comes to the church people will not gather easily and the reason is that people do not like god it's as simple as that people see god as the hindrance to their happiness. People who are not saved yet. That's what they think. It's true. So, to gather people, your first assumption must be that the people you are going to try and bring together do not like God. What do they like? That's the question you must ask yourself. What do these people like? You must understand that people don't like God, but they like what God can give them. Bishop has an example he gives all the time. He said that one time he was at the airport and a man arrived from London or wherever and he had come with his, wa- his wife and children had come to meet him and he thought that he had seen his strange He was running to his children holding two bags with toys or gifts in it. As he was going towards their children, their children came towards him running. When he opened his arms, they, one went to the other bag and one went to the other bag. They went for the gifts that he was holding, not him hello that is how the world has become people like the things that they can get from god but not god so you need to have that mind as you are trying to gather them and give them that and let them come to god and when they come then they will find out that ah asomwa it's not what i am getting, but it's who the person i'm getting the thing from who he is and the more I serve him and I do that thing Then I will get more of what, what I was trying to get from him I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say So this calls for innovation It calls for innovation And the innovation varies from place to place What will work around bread of life here May not work in your church at Atimota What will work around the Kodesh May not work in a church in a cropon. What works in Ghana may not work in Zambia. I, I don't know whether you understand. So you have to become authors. You have to find out, where am I? What am I who am I trying to reach? What am I thinking to them? To the people? Don't just go and say, come to church. I Have a beautiful church. Come. We are preaching the gospel and God will save you. They will never come. I promise you. You can pray you can do anything, very few people will come. Who is the God of this world? Because the Bible says the God of this world has So we need something that makes them come. And when they come then they come to receive God And if we don't do that we will always struggle to gather people I mean, that is my practical experience. So for, for example, when we arrive in a place like South Africa And we are trying to get people together in South Africa. What works in Ghana does not work in South Africa. That's one of the things we learned. South Africa, the top, the first thing most South Africans want is they want prophecies. That's what we discovered. They want to be prophesied to. And by the grace of God, we have a man of God who can prophesy. So, we try to package our little, little videos into the prophecies that they want to hear. Then we put them together. Then we go from village to village, or if it's a large town, we break the town down into what we call zones, into communities. Then we show videos in the nights. You gather people and you show a video. And even to start the video, you don't start showing the video immediately with Bishop Dark preaching. They will pass by. So sometimes when we start the video, we will show a movie. You will show what? See? Yeah. Sometimes you have to put jacket chan in so that when they are passing, they see the bushwa pushua, then they will stop. So as they start stopping and gathering, then slowly you will change the video. Are you here? So the Bible says that the that we the children of light. The children of darkness, they have more wisdom and insight than, uh, than us. Because sometimes we have a mind that even to show this uh, Jackie Chan or what other movies is there? Uh, Rambo or something like that, it's a sin. But you need wisdom to win the people. Pastors, are you here? Th- that is why you are crusade, you, you will set up a stage and everything by the time you finish your own church members who are there are more than the people who are, are coming because you are not strategized you are not you have lost the the mind that or the focus that these people i'm dealing with do not like christ they like liverpool versus chelsea more than they love what i'm trying to do here so find something to do i remember one day we were in a, a town somewhere and Every, the town was quiet. Everybody was going home. Then I was trying to figure out, why? Why can't we even find somebody to talk to? Now, I, I heard that oh, they said there's a football match. So then I noticed that, ah! So it means in this place, everybody, when there's a football match, goes to where there's a television to go and watch a football match. So I sat down with one of my guys, and I said, we need a strategy. So the next day, I don't know much about football these days, but I think the next day or two days, that there was going to be a major match between manchester or somebody and another person like that or another team not a person <laughs> so we decided that we will find somebody who has a decoder do, do you understand it and so we got the decoder and we got a nice place and we set it up and then we told the, we we're inviting the pastors for a meeting we told them, all of you come for this meeting we, we all watch the football there so you set it up, you do all the things, I told him, just set it up do everything, even add cold water, everything tell him, everybody arrived. those who will not come for the meeting, who come, because it's a big screen, that, that's the message we send oh, it'll be a big screen, everybody arrived, and the, the amazing thing is that they didn't come alone normally they will come alone they came with people, everybody arrived. plenty of people we allowed them to watch the football the halftime so let's start the meeting so it's half time we start the meeting when the football time is up, you continue when you finish, everybody is there the meeting was the most successful pastors' meeting I don't like football I don't, I don't see why I should waste my time 90 minutes watching 22 millionaires pushing something around, that one yeah, I'm telling you I don't watch even the ones that I like I've I come and rewind the goal and those things. Even black stars, when they play, that's what I do. Honestly. But if I have to endure that so that I can get people together, I will endure it. I said I will endure it. One time, some people were talking about a Nigerian movie. So so I'm, I'm, I'm at point number two. You need a strategy. And I asked the guy, what movie is that? I, I don't know anything about most of African movies. I don't remember any I've watched. Then they mentioned the thoughts I've forgotten. And what is it about? It's about somebody who gave money to his uncle when he went to the village. And the uncle was angry because he has prospered and he has not prospered. So he went to do something. And then the guy became broke. And something, I mean, as he described the movie and things, he said, the guy really believes in the movie, he has really enjoyed it, and he told me the people he had watched it with. So one day I decided, oh, let's do video evangelism. So I asked the guy, "Can you bring the movie?" They said, oh yes. Then I asked a few. People, they all knew about the movie. That's oh, invite your friends. It's a cinema night. Charlie, they invited people, the building was full. And then we started to show this Nigerian movie or whatever it is. And different things were going on the way. Doing somebody was drinking cocoa and he didn't pray. So, as he was drinking the cocoa and he didn't pray, then some spirits arrived and poured something like blood into it. When the Ferdinand finished drinking the cocoa, he was sick. It was a very good movie to make people afraid that if you don't pray, you'll be sick, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, when they watched the movie uh, up to a point where the guy, gave the, the, un- the guy gave the money to the uncle and the uncle went to do juju, everybody had become quiet. It's like they were afraid do you understand him? and somebody ate chicken and they showed the chicken that he didn't pray over the chicken and the chicken was some woman who had entered the t- i mean it. so everybody became afraid in the movie so at that point i just paused the movie and i said as you can see if you don't pray and if god is not in your tents, you can die anytime is there anybody here who wants to give his life to christ everybody stood up Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a strategy. So, what I'm saying is that to gather people, I'm just recapping this one, please, quickly. To gather people, you have to have a mindset. And there's seven mindsets you must have. The first one is that you have to understand that people don't like God. They like what God can do for them. Number two is that you must have a strategy. You must develop a strategy for winning people. And that strategy, you should not be fixated. You should not have a mind that this is what has worked and therefore this is what will always work. If you do that, you cannot reach many. And number two, you have to remember that in that strategy that you are developing, it varies from place to place. What works in one particular place does not work in another place. Please, have I explained that one to you? You, you must. Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I may say some. Amen number three number three you must understand that you need certain pillars together you must understand you can't make an announcement in your church and say this Saturday we are all meeting at the lorry station and we are all going to go to from house to house it will never work it may work the first day because it's a novelty so everybody wants to be a part. the second time you announce it only a few people will come. The third time, less people will come. And when they come, they will not be effective also because you just made the general announcement and nobody understands what you want to do, apart from the fact that they must go from house to house. So before you do that, you must have your own pillars. You must have people you have developed already. Like Bishop Bogo said, I work at the crusade team. We have 16 crusade directors. I have 29 drivers who are volunteers. Who volunteer. I have people who come from different countries to come and volunteer to help the crusade. In all, if you put the whole team together, including myself, Bishop Ogoda, and evangelist himself, when we arrive in the country, we can be as many as between 69 and 88 people, depending on how many people, the volunteers, come with us. Workers. And when every crusade director arrives in a country or a town, he recruits people in the town and he develops them first before he starts working. He doesn't go to a church general and say, oh, you know what, can you give us 200 people? It, it will never work. It will never work. And today that's what I really want to talk about. I'm going to go, I'm coming to talk about Workers. That's the main thing I was going to talk about today. (laughs) Hallelujah. It will never work. So you need pillars, you need people to work with. Otherwise, what you are trying to do, I'm not reading the scriptures, I'm not doing it, I'm just saying it because last year I said the same thing. Okay, I've said this one to understand where you are and what you are dealing with. So, for example, went to Niger. To go to Niger. I don't know how many of you know about Niger, but what you know about Niger. So, first, we needed to understand Niger. What country is this? What type of people are we dealing with? So, I drove from here with two people to Niger. We drove from Accra to Niger, to Mali, to Senegal. Before we had the crusade, though, we did not go and say, We have come. We are anointed people. Bishop Dag is anointed. And this is healing Jesus campaign to him. In the name of Jesus, we take Naomi. We didn't do that. Of course we prayed. But we do not throw away the intellect, the wisdom that God has given to us to analyze. Let me ask you. How many women are here that when you are going to the market, you write a list of what you are going to buy? Okay. So when you are going to the market to shop... You do a list. All. But when you are sitting down to plan for a crusade, to plan a program for God, you think that you don't need a list. You, you think you don't need a list. How many pastors here, you write your prayer topics every morning or every week when you are praying? You, you sit down and you try to write your prayer topics. Yeah. But when we're having a crusade, you see, I've interacted with the pastors and so on. When we are having a program, a crusade, or any kind of thing, we just say we want to have a crusade we set up a date and then we agree on where we want to have the crusade maybe we say madina that's it that's all that the senior pastor does about the crusade and he just appoints someone so this is the evangelism director that's it it's finished so we, we have said it. the evangelism director himself takes a decision he goes to the place he chooses where he thinks the crusade should be That's it he's done so, don't be surprised that the crusade doesn't work. It does not work like that. I'm sorry to say it. It does not work like that. Practically, when you want to have a crusade or a program or gather people, even to a church, into the church on Sunday, number one, you must understand where you are. Where is this? So, if it's Niger, Niger is a totally Islamic country, totally, absolutely Islamic country. Few Christians. Catholic churches. They don't allow churches. And even Niger is better. So that's number one. So it means that if you take the population of Niger, and Niger is 20 million, and Islam is 98%, what it means is that the people you are dealing with, about 18 million plus out of the 20 million, if I'm right, are Muslims. Do, do you understand it? so you plan with what you have in your hand first before you arrive i don't know if you understand what i'm trying to say and number two you must choose what you are going to do there so for example we try to advertise on tv nobody told you that you can't advertise on tv nobody's saying that but they would never show it or, 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 do you understand what i'm saying they will never show it, number one. Number two, the ones who are not saying that they will not show it, they will give you a price that you can only advertise two. Two. You take $10,000, you can advertise two, only two days. So then you notice that. It's not worth doing that advert, isn't it? So the question lies: what will you do? So if you have not done your groundwork and you arrive, you cannot do anything. That's what is happening to some of our small, small crises that we are having. You have assumed that I live at Adenta. There's a school here. There's a field. And there are people here. So we'll just have a crusade. We'll put a few posters here. And the people will arrive. Never. 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 So one of the principles there is also to understand that. Crowds do not just gather. That's another principle. Crowds. If you see any crowd, they don't just gather. Either something is pushing them or something is pulling them. In fact, in nature, even in nature, when you see ants congregating or aggregating somewhere there's something, there's food or something that you're trying to gather and take away yeah if you don't do that you're not going to have any crusade <laughs> amen so understand the people, understand where you are understand what will work understand what you are dealing with and know what therefore you need <laughs> hallelujah why can't you have a crusade in your locality? It's because you have not even taken time to understand the people you are dealing with. You want to have a crusade on the field here. Have you counted how many houses are around the field that you can get? Have you counted? It will take you less than 30 minutes to walk in the area. How many streets are here? How many houses are here? There's a field all right, but when you count the houses there, you will find out that it's a bad place to have a crusade. It's a good place for one-to-one going to knock at the doors and evangelizing to the people, but rather an open air crusade, you should go further. I don't know whether you understand. Why have an open air crusade in a place where you can reach the people one-to-one, door-to-door? Because it's a residential area. So even though it looks like a large area, when you count the houses there, there are only 28 and all you need is teams, two teams of 14 people, 7-7, and and share the houses for them. They will come back with every data, every information in every house to you. Without an open air crusade, you would have saved yourself money. You would have been more effective if only you have done a little homework. Amen. Your church is in Abeka. Do you know the last census they had in Ghana? What was the population at Abeka? Do you know? If you know, and you know the number of churches in the place, and how many excuse me to say other religions are there it will give you a fair idea that you will know that in this sea that we are fishing the fishes that are available here to fish are only 8 and therefore when you have 4 it means you have 50% of it and therefore you must go beyond where you are to get more fishes that's why your church is not growing because you are not analyzing amen Last night, Bishop told us that why can't you do just a little bit more? Sometimes, some of the reasons why we can't do just a little bit more is because of this. Because we are not practically looking at it. I'm not saying don't pray. Pray fast. Do all the things that goes with it. But after you have done that, it's like the pastor who was told that have a constitution for your church and how to do your church. In fact, all the things I'm saying they are in three books. Church growth, chapter, uh, session five. You see that church growth and management and then mega church and then the art of ministry. These three books have all the things I'm saying. I've just summarized it to try talk about it because there are three books. So if you open it, session five, you will see it there. And that's, that's what I'm going to talk about by the time I finish with this one. You know, you can't do little bit more because you are not sitting down to look at a few things practically and for me i didn't know anything all the things i'm telling you are things i've done because bishop dach has made me do it has made us do it so pray and do all those things but sit down also and give a little time to details and look at it the pastor said that they told the pastor i have a constitution for your church do you know what he told the pastor? He said, if we are dealing with the Holy Spirit, how can paper, paper rule a church? How can a paper run a church? That's what he said. Let me say this to us pastors and shepherds. If you are here, don't say that. Don't say that if you do that, you are limiting your church, you are limiting your ministry, you are limiting your outreaches into a small bus. There's a place for the Holy Spirit. There's a place for prayer. But there's a place for doing the practical things that will make all the prayer that you have prayed be fruitful say amen okay i think i'm done with that um my ipad keeps on going okay I've talked about the event and all. I think next time you should let them ask me questions. Then I can speak. (laughs) Hallelujah. I think I need the glasses. (laughs) Okay. And I think the last point, the last time I ended with effects of gathering. That when you gather, you subdue the land. When you gather, you get the sheep, your sheep, all the sheep into one fold to listen to their shepherd and all. I give five reasons for that. Today, I think I've summarized a bit now. I want to talk about why gathering fails. Why it doesn't work. And then, what's the time? Okay. So, I'm supposed to end at what time? 2 o'clock. So, I want to talk about why gathering fails. Some people give up because maybe you made one attempt, two attempts, three attempts, it didn't work then you just give it, give up. Some people gather, it works once, twice, and it's not working again, so then you give up. Why is it that the gathering doesn't work? Why? Why doesn't work, is it work for for some of us and for some people and for what we do? Why doesn't it work? I'm going to try and explain with my little experience and practically. Matthew chapter 4, verse um, mm. 16 and 18. Go to 18. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishes. Keep on going. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Verse 21. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them also. How many disciples are that? That gives you four disciples. And they left, and they immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. Verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manners of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases, torments, and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatics and those that had the palsy. And he healed them. Verse 25. And there followed him great multitudes Of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond Jordan. Verse 26. Exactly. Chapter 5. No. Chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes who went up into a mountain, when he was set, his disciples came unto him. Verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, This scripture. If you don't read it from chapter 4, this is the Beatitudes, the chapter 5. is talking about the Beatitudes. For all my life and the time I've known, I've always thought that Jesus opened his mouth and taught the multitude that followed him. He taught his disciples. Read it again. He said, and he opened his mouth. Go back. Go back to the verse 1. And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain. When he was set, his disciples came unto him. Verse 2 And he opened his mouth and taught them. When he, when he saw the multitude, he went into the mountain. And whilst he was in the mountain, the Bible says his disciples came to him. And he taught his disciples, not the multitude. So if you look at the verse 18, chapter 4, verse 18 coming. Jesus started by recruiting disciples. And he went about doing the work with his disciples. The few disciples that he had. And as he was doing that, doing the work with the disciples, then he drew the multitude. The crowd started gathering. Because now he was doing the work with his disciples. He had got pillars. He was working with. Do, do you understand it? There are many pastors who are trying to do the work alone. That's the first, first reason why gathering doesn't work. When I say you are doing the work alone, you send church members and people who are with you, but they are not part of your team. And they don't have the same mind as you have. So their results will be different from your results. They don't have the same mind. Look, you can ask Bishop Ogo. We can drive. One day we drove from the day I was tired that you drove. Where were we from? That we're going to Waibuya. Wai- I don't remember where we're coming from, but we're going somewhere. I don't, where were we from crowd that day? Or we slept in Borgar. Look, we drove over 1,000 and something kilometers to try and get to a crusade. And Believe it or not, for that journey, there was no music. If there was silence in the car, maybe five, ten minutes, a few. But from the time we took off to the time we will end, Bishop Dad would be talking to us and explaining things. He taught his disciples. So, some of you, the reason why you can't gather anybody or you can't get anybody to do anything is because... Even what is in your head. It's only in your head. Only you. Not even your assistant. Nobody else knows what is in your head and you are trying to do. You only issue out instructions. You never teach anybody. So the principle I'm trying to get you to look at is that when you read chapter 4 verse 18 to 25, Jesus was with his disciples, a few of them that he had called, four of them. And the Bible says he went about with them Preaching and teaching in the synagogues and healing the sick and the different things. And the Bible says his fame went abroad. And I'm saying that as he was with the disciples doing the work, first he started with a few people and then the multitude started gathering because he had people that he had been working with who understood what he was doing. And as they understood it and started working with it, the, the crowds came and gathered. But as the crowds came, he still spent time talking to the people that he was working with his disciples but many of us are pastors number one we don't start by getting the pillars and talking to them so as we have started you have already shot yourself in the foot because we're alone you may have genuine reasons some pastors because of orangus i'm sure loyalty and disloyalty, as we talked about over here so you wouldn't want to work I, I met a pastor who once told me that as for him his church is him his wife and his son who is in high school he Was waiting for him to join Any other pastor who is there Must be working with him In what he tells them to do But he doesn't trust any pastor To give him even two members Without him being there Because of what he has suffered But when you do that Again, your ministry is in a box It's in a container that is covered The Bible says that Jesus taught the disciples Even though the multitude were there And the more you teach the disciples, the more crowds you will get. Because what you were saying, like Bishop was saying here, that yesterday, that can't you do a a bit more, that he he has moved. He has left this place for this one. And he has taught this one to do. Like we are here. He's not here. Bishop Ogo is having a conference, teaching from the book. You understand it perfectly. I'm sure you would like to come again next year and bring your, by the way, if you are a pastor and you are sitting here, let me tell you. If you come for a conference like this and you don't come with the main people you work with, you are wasting your time, then don't come. Because you are the, you the pastor, you can read, you can get the tapes, and so on. But you come with them, one, is to set an example to show them that you must go for a conference. It's like a teacher who doesn't go for refresher courses. You, even the, the teaching notes, they are torn. Some parts are not there. So as he teaches, he doesn't even know that it's not there. When he teaches up to your point, remember, ah, this part is not there. Then he will say, we'll continue next week. There are some letters who are like that at the university. The notes they made in 1973, the same notes. Even though the subjects, different things have changed. They've not amended their notes. So when you are a pastor and you come for a conference, one of the things you are showing and you are teaching the people you work with is that when you are a pastor, go for conferences. Iron, sharpeneth iron. So come so that you will be sharpened. Sometimes even your blessing is not what maybe even Bishop Ogo has said. But after he has finished speaking, what somebody will share with you, his testimony from coming last year, that will be your blessing. It makes you start to think positively and change your mentality. But you come alone. Why come alone? The things that have been addressed here, if you brought your assistance, when you go back and you speak, if you will not speak, they will be speaking for you. Yeah. But you will come alone and you come to sit. you won't bring anybody. So are you surprised that Things are not going the way you want them to go because you don't have people who have the same mind. Look, I was an ordinary lecturer, animal science lecturer from the university. My story is like Elijah from Abimehola. The Bible says that he used to follow cattle, his sheep, and Elijah met him. He threw the mantle on him. You know? The Bible says he took his cattle and he cut them up into pieces. He killed it. Bought it for his friends so that he can go and follow Elijah. That's what I did. I bought my animal signs, all the animals, gave it to my friends and I came to follow Bishop Doug. And I didn't know anything. And I believe that I still don't know much. I don't know anything. But at least the little I know, I've learned from him. There's no, even one day, he will not say something to you. And he will not give you an assignment without explaining and showing you how to do it. All the things I'm saying here, I've never, I've never even, one day when Nigeria and somebody saw me and said, Charlie, you are great. You have, led all, you have led all these people here. Before when he said it, I didn't say anything, no, but it occurred to me a few minutes later that I did not need anybody here. I just followed what I was told to do and I just did it. Because I realized that if you left me alone to take 24 buses, 14 four-wheel drives and so on with people it is something people to go from here to nigeria i will not do it i will not at all but somebody told me bishop that told me saying no i believe that god says that we should go to nigeria so we are going to nigeria that's the, that's the instruction i received so in my mind okay my shepherd my prophet my evangelist said we are going to nigeria i'm going to nigeria that's all so i set out and I'm, I, I go if you leave me and say you go tonight. I don't think I will go. I don't know do you understand what I'm trying to say? So some of you the pastors the reason why your gathering doesn't work is number 1, you don't have any disciple at all. No disciple. You started alone. When I say disciple, I'm not saying you don't have members or you don't have people. A disciple knows what his master wants to do. A disciple is learning what his master is doing so he can do that's what makes you a disciple but you don't have that you have people you have a, it's a congregation the same as disciples no so you have a congregation isn't it or you have a crowd among them you are supposed to pick and have people that you work with but you don't and number two some of you do have so-called disciples but you don't know what you are doing you are not sharing with them you are not explaining you are not talking to them if, if i go further you will find that jesus jesus called the people and the bible says that he sent them out two by two to where to where he said to the places where he himself was going to go that's exactly what i do i go to places where bishop Dark himself is planning to go he says niger we are going then i gather some people we sit down we look at which road we pass here pass here pass here you get here you get some, some soldiers sometimes they will shout scream sometimes even they point their guns at you and so on there are times that you'll be afraid a bit and then you, saw, you you become cool one day we are at the border between sierra leone and guinea it was in the night we arrived there in the night the border was closed so we had to sleep there and we're sleeping in the car and when you are driving in those places you have two four-wheel drives you have to have your own water and all those because you can run out of water so we have books, water and a few things on top of the car so the four-wheel drive has a, this type of carrier or netter. we put the things and we tie it and as we were sleeping in the car around 2 a.m we realized that the car was shaking do you know why it was shaking? some people have climbed on top of the car and they are stealing our things but we were on a no man's land. So, we were afraid to come out. There's no policeman, nothing. This is a war zone. So, we, we, thought that we, we whispered that among ourselves. So we said, that, okay, what, we, what can they steal? If they steal, it's our water and the books. And the books, we want to give them away anyway. So, let them steal it and let them go and share it. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But you see, I've never heard any member of my team saying why are we here why do we are we risking our lives never I've never had any member, and I've never felt that way before when I think about it and I, I think about some of the people I've met and the way they speak the only difference between them and myself is the fact that I've been taught trained and explained to me what I'm doing why I'm doing it and why we are doing it yeah I've been taught. I've been taught. Why are we trying to go to Sierra Leone? Because Christ died for them too. The fact that there's war there, people are still alive and they are living there. Should should there be another war let all of them die and go to hell? If there should be a war again, at least we should be able to go and preach there and tell them that. If you fight and you are killing yourself, you can kill yourself, but remember that Jesus died for you. Amen. So pastors... Let's make disciples. Let's teach them. And after you made disciples, I told the disciples, I once had a man of God saying that the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, without it, the church will not grow. And he said that there are 28 gifts of the Spirit. And I think he says, Romans 12 gives you seven of the gifts. You can read it, Romans chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit. You find you can find i think seven in romans 12 and then 1 uh, corinthians chapter 12 i think has 12 or 11 of them okay and then ephesians chapter 4 i believe where it talks about apostles prophets shepherds ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 4 11. has five of them so if you add it and then I think there's one in 1 Peter chapter 4 where it talks about hospitality. And another one in Ephesians chapter 3 where he talks about the gifts of missions. And there's another one. So if you put it all together, I think it comes to 25 or so. There are 25 gifts in the Bible. And then one time I heard the same man of God speaking and he said that there are three which are not in the Bible. But we can all see it at work in various ministries and in various people. And he talks about the gift of intercession, that there are some people who have the gift of intercession to intercede. That that's all that they do. They can intercede proper for you, but it's not mentioned explicitly in the Bible. And then he talks about the gift of uh, deliverance, that some people can do deliverance. You can say that this one is a gift that you can pray and pray and pray. Nobody is delivered, but when he comes and he prays, then somebody is delivered. And the, the third one he says is not in the Bible. It's um, it's a gift. it's a um, leading of worship. He said it believes that it's a gift. It's Peter Wagner. He said he believes that it's a gift, and that some people can lead worship such that you, you, within a few seconds, you will feel like you're in the presence of God. And one of such was Bishop Adi. I believe. Amen. But among this gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you can find that scripture and put it out for me, where he talks about the gift of helps. I think it's 28, verse 28. He mentioned various gifts, and among the gifts is the gifts of helps. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Is it correct? It said, And God has set some in the church first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, then helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So, I'm trying to talk about why sometimes the gathering doesn't work or it fails. And I'm giving you, I'm telling them one, because you don't have disciples, two, when you have disciples, you don't even know what to do. Okay? And the third one, why it doesn't work is that. Among these disciples, these gifts that I'm talking about, the gifts of the Spirit, who operate in various disciples in your church and even your associates and pastors you work with, but among these gifts one of the gifts which will make your church work without you even thinking about or knowing is the gift of helps. Which is what I do. Many of our bishops try to make me preach in their, come and preach in their church. I don't, I, I don't get the time to go. Not that I don't want to go. By the grace of God I'm a pastor if you invite me to preach I would like to come. I don't get time to go because the gifts of health, that work I do, I don't finish it. At a point, I called somebody I told Tell Bishop, I may not come because some developments were coming up about something to do. So I told her, Tell him that I may not come. Then as even now, I drove out, I had to pack and speak for a while. And then I, I decided, I realized, okay, I can come for two, three hours and that's back. It's a gift of health. What is the gift of health? That's the last I'm talking about. Please, another few, few minutes and I'll be done. That's what I do. That's my life. That's the life that I lead. And if you take church growth, section 5, I believe, it talks about church growth, management, section 5, section 5, section 5. Church growth and helps ministry. Section six. Section six is there. Church growth and helps ministry. If you don't have this book as a pastor, please get it. There are so many things about in this book. I'm just talking about only this section. What is helps ministry? What is health ministry? Or what is a health? If you are doing something and somebody comes to hold a part of, you, of it for you or comes to stand by you or supports you in different way. he's is helping you. Isn't it? But the question is, what is help? If I ask you right now, what is help to me may be different from what is help to help you, Bridget Marian? So what is help? I define help in my own way. Whether it's correct or not correct, but that's how I define it. Do you see? <laughs> okay. You cannot call anything help. You may give me money right now, but maybe that's not what I need. Thank you. Do you see? You cannot call anything help unless the person you are helping or you are giving that support to sees it as help. So that's the first thing you must remember. Help is not help until the person you are giving the help to perceives it as help or receives it as help or sees it as help. Otherwise, you are not helping the person. In fact, you may actually be a nuisance. I have three daughters. One of my daughters always went to be in the kitchen when his mother or grandmother comes to the house and they are cooking. And then, they always say, go away! You are are disturbing us. You are rather preventing us and she will not go. So one day I spoke to my mother-in-law and I said, you know what? She likes cooking. Why don't you find something for her to do to help you? And she said, she's not helping me. She can't help me. She's rather obstructing what I'm doing. Has it happened to you before? You are doing something, your child or somebody comes, and you see that I'm just tolerating this person because if I'm doing it myself, I'll be very fast. Sometimes that's how how it is when somebody is trying to help you and some a lot of with the pastors that is what you have in your churches and the reason is that the people have not been trained to become helpers for you you have not consciously selected people to be helpers to you 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 have not that is why it's happening to you like that because if you have a real helper You will feel it and you will know that i have somebody helping me amen so let's talk about choosing a helper or having a helper the bible says that the holy spirit himself is our helper we we all know that right or i should read the scripture that's what the bible says holy spirit the holy spirit himself is our helper is the one helping us on this earth What it means is that Do you see the Holy Spirit? Has anybody seen the Holy Spirit before? So the first thing you must remember Is that When you have a real helper Helping you He will not be seen He will not be seen If your helper is seen everywhere and all over the place He's not a helper He's into his own ministry It's true It's true. Apart from this church that I've come to preach here twice, I I don't remember anywhere I've preached in the last maybe 10 years. I can't even remember. I can't remember. Since I left my church and I moved to be with Bishop Dark fully and not doing anything again. That was 2002 after Dr. Cho came and left. I've not preached in any church again when you invite me i can't i just can't come i can't i have too too many things that's why yesterday i was not here i just couldn't come because i received a call from bishop are you aware that i'm going to bishop of church i said yes yes bishop of sent me a text this morning that you are coming said, okay then he said one or two things and immediately i knew that i can't come because i have to make his work happen not my work Say amen. Yeah. I, mean, I also get I say, oh, uh, Bishop, you've forgotten. You told Bishop Ogo that you can invite me, so I'm preaching at Bishop Ogo's said, there's such before yours. <laughs> 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 hey! Forgiveness made easy. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? The helper is not seen. The helper must not be seen. So here, Is where the challenges Not for you the pastor But for the person who is trying to become the helper Here Is where the challenges Too many of us Want to be in front of the Oh there is no veil here Too many of us want to be in front of the veil Here Here Nobody wants to be here But this thing that you are seeing here There is a metal behind it Without that matter, you cannot see the beauty of this banner. You cannot. Pastors, look, when I go to places, and, um, people, people mention my name and introduce me to the people the, and, and they know me. Sometimes I find it surprise how they know me. I just ask them, well, where do you know me from? Even the places that I work like this right now one of my main projects I'm doing for the church is our bible school I'm doing some things there I can be talking to people including the chiefs so of that I'll talk to him they'll mention my name and then they say a lot of things but they don't know that I'm the one I'm the one they are talking the, uh, the person whose name they are mentioning is the one they are talking to they don't know they'll just oh one bishop prince they said that if we see him, he will do this, do, do this. And another person said, Well, that Bishop, when I get him, because they've spot my farm, they've done this. He says so many. Well, they don't know me. I'm just talking to them. I also keep cool. I finish talking, I'll just walk away. <laughs> do, do you understand it? So, when we're a pastor, the first thing you should look out for is, that, is this person prepared to be behind the veil? And when you are in the church, ask yourself, Are you prepared to be behind the veil? Are you? too many of us don't want to do that want to be, everybody wants to be in the choir you we want to be the lead, the lead singer you want to be the one preaching you we want to be the, the ministry shepherd you want to be this, you want to be that everybody wants to be something that is seen. that is not how God made it that scripture, bring it back First Corinthians 12, 28 and go back the Bible says that the gifts of the spirit they are like the body they are like the body and he said the body has parts the body it has parts that's why the, the gifts have names otherwise they will not but the body parts have names ear, nose, eye each one has a function if the eye were supposed to say I, I'm the whole body if, if your whole body becomes just the eye can you imagine how it will look like a big eye with no legs how will it move how will it even see it will only be seen under the chest because it will be low Do you understand it? So the health ministry That's the scripture he put up there He said that And the eye cannot say unto the hand I have no need of thee Nor again the head to the feet I have no need of you Can you imagine if I didn't have legs Today and I didn't have a neck And I came with only my head But some of you don't want to do that Some of you are the legs Some of you are even just the toe. The toe. You are just the toe. But you don't want to be there. And that is why you can't even do well. You will never do well if you don't find where you belong. Of the 28 gifts, I wish I had time. I would have mentioned all of them for you to see. But of all the gifts, you must find out which is your gift. And some of you, you run away from your gifts. By the grace of God, I might not be a very good preacher, but I can preach small. You are preaching. You are preaching. But are that, preaching. I don't miss it. I don't miss preaching. I'll be honest with you. I don't miss preaching. I don't say that I'm a bishop. I don't preach. It doesn't even occur to me. It doesn't, I don't even think about it. It's not. I, I don't know what word to use. You can ask my my roommate bishop or go here. We we'll go for a Christmas. Time. So I should come and say something to I said, brother. You go out there. Even to introduce him, I didn't used to do it I used to get, if we we'll go there and we'll find a pastor I'll get the pastor to introduce. and I realized that they were not introducing him well, so one day I was in the shower, one of the place that God speaks to me a lot is in the shower, one day I was in the shower, I was not thinking about it I was not thinking about crusade, nothing and I believe that God spoke to me, that you see how for somebody to be spoke, speaking, for somebody to speak for him to be accepted in a certain way, the people must know who is speaking so I don't know if you remember one day I came to you I told you that you know what this sin, I have to take it because this is what God has told me so from that time almost, I remember I even sent a text or a mail to somebody in Accra and asked for more details about the number of branches under him I forgotten who I did that with you know because I felt that God wanted me to introduce him in a certain because we are meeting pastors who don't know us who have not met us before but there are great truths that they must know And sometimes for people to receive you, they must know who they are receiving from. So that's the only thing that makes me go on the stage when we're having pastors' conference and so on. Otherwise, you will never see me. But everything on the stage, I've organized it, but I will not be there. I never sit on the stage, I don't do anything, nothing. But you see, it's a gift. And some of you have it, but you are denying it. Why? Because you want to be on the stage, you want to be in front. And pastors, your ministry will go, I've heard Bishop Doug say that, your ministry will go as far as the helpers that you have. Have you heard of the preacher called William Seymour, the Azusa Street, Street guy? For all the pastors who are here, if you don't know, just find that history and read it. The Azusa Street Reviver. The black man who was leading the Azusa Street Reviver His ministry ended suddenly, abruptly. Do you know why? He had some helpers. And the helpers, what they were doing is that they had addresses of people. And they used to send news letter or magazine or whatever to them. And then the people, people were donating to help keep the revival going. One day, one of them was not happy. And do you know what the person did? The person left. And when he was going, he took all the addresses. All. And took it away. So suddenly, someone was there Without any of the address He can't contact anybody The ministry died So your helper can make Or make you Of course the anointing can always overcome all these difficulties But what I'm saying is that Some of you, the ministers You don't have helpers, number one Number two, when you have You don't have the correct helpers So I'm trying to give you the characteristics that Number one a person who will be prepared to stay behind the screen. Anybody you have, who is helping you that, every day you see that, as you are sitting in front, you will quickly come and do something. Always trying to be somewhere in front. He's not a helper. Send that person somewhere. He should go to the evangelism team. He should go to the choir. He should go and sing. He should do But he's not your helper. Say amen. Number two. Your helper Must be somebody who really loves you and cares about you. Yeah, that's your helper, the one who puts his own interests and everything aside. It doesn't nothing about himself matters to him. What matters to him is you and your ministry. If you don't have such a person and you have chosen somebody, you have chosen the wrong person. When I say nothing about him matters, what it means is that let's say you are going to preach and you get to a point. And you find out that, oh, the shirt that you are wearing, a button on it is torn. He will remove his shirt for you to wear, if necessary. And lie at the back of the car, naked. And wait for you to finish preaching. And go home with you. That's the type of person I'm talking about. The type of person that you are going to preach. And you are worried that there's nobody at home. So as you are driving out. And it's happened to me before. As we are driving out, we find out there's nobody at home. And I'm driving Bishop Doug, we're going to a church to go and preach. So that I realized that we were disturbed, we were turning between, should we leave, should we not leave? At that point, the help to Bishop Dagg at that point was a security man. Not a driver. Not an, a, a personal aide who holds his Bible. The, pers- the help he needed at that time was, was somebody to be at home. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So Bishop Ogo is leaving home to come here to preach. And he's with a uh, Emmanuel And he there's nobody at home But thieves have come into the house three times On such an occasion The help that he needs from this person Who calls himself his helper Is for the person to stay in the house as a security man Whilst he comes to preach Then he's helping him Not sitting in the car and coming with him huh. Yes you want to come and hold the oil so that they know that yeah, you are the helper. A, a helper is not sin. Say, man. Huh. Do we also have time? <laughs> When somebody decides to help you and you are a pastor, you will know by the person's behavior, his utterances. Okay? And I said I was preaching from these books. Another one is this one. When you are a helper, the third characteristic of a helper is that you are a grown up child. Say that one after me you are a grown up child. It's a nice way of saying You are a servant Aha, uh-huh. you see some of your faces have changed You don't want to be called a servant You don't want to be called a servant of Bishop Ogo You don't want to be called a servant of Pastor Pastor Dave, Davis Alvis I keep on forgetting your name You know I got, I got saved in Calvary charismatic church And as a pastor of CCC That's why I got saved I used to have a, a friend and he always come and invite me to church and i would never go. Fifteen, more than fifteen for me. Maybe mine was twenty one. And when in school, so sometimes he'll come and say, I'm hungry. If you give me gari and Sita and Sardine, I'll go with you. He'll go and bring sardine. So I'll eat. When I finish, I'll say, oh, I'm finished, I said, I'm feeling sleepy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. He never gave up. He was my mate, not my junior. One, sometimes I so, oh, if you wash my because Friday evening, he wants me to go for a prayer meeting, I say, oh, if you wash my shorts for me, my khaki shorts then I'll go with you, I'm coming to wash it so no problem, he said, you give it to me, I'll wash it he will wash it, dry it, iron it and give it to me, I will not go he never gave up every day he will come and call me different times so one day we are on vacation, That he said he will come and take me on Sunday morning to church so I asked him, what is this church? And he saw Calvary Charismatic Center. I said, where is it? This was Kumase. So then he showed me the place somewhere. And I said, I will come. He said, oh, don't worry. I will come and get you from the house myself. <laughs> because he knew I would not come. And lo and behold, I was there in the house. And I used to live at Swami. And he used to live at Bomso, Very far, if you know Kumase. It's at one extreme end to the other. I was in my house, 7 a.m. They said somebody said when I came, Papa Pierre, David was standing there. What are you doing here? We're coming to take you to church, so that day, I first sad for him. Do you understand what I mean by first sad? So because I first sad for him, I went to shower, and I went with him. And when we went, there's a preacher called Reverend Fred Ado. He was a Ghanaian who used to live in Nigeria, and he used to sing this song you're my brother you're my sister the best version I've ever heard was him he plays the guitar he will sing for every night nice. so he sang when he sang I said ah but church music can also be nice like that that was the first thought that came to my mind So, I saw that when he did the otaku I don't know how or what happened I was in front that's how I gave my life to Christ you know so one of the things about me by the grace of God is I don't give up on anybody. never. I don't give up on anybody. If, if you ever come into my domain like this on my screen and I'm chasing you, oh, you, you, you lie bad, you can run, you can do anything. come, cry because I, I recognize the fact that somebody did that for me. Amen. So you are a pastor and you have somebody you've got who says he's helping you. If that person cannot sacrifice I don't even want to call it if that person cannot see himself as your servant or as your child, even though he's married and he may also have children, he may be a managing director of the bank or anywhere he is, if he says he's helping you and he cannot see himself as a grown up child he can never help you he cannot help you what do I mean by grown up child the person must empty himself of any ideas he has and come as a blank sheet to take the ideas that you have maybe in your way of driving when you are driving you stay close to the gutter now you are helping the pastor. And the pastor says, when you are driving me, i like you to keep 10 meters from the gutter. Even though that one is very close to the, the middle line or the island, if that's a sword, the person you are helping, says, I'm comfortable with it. Your duty is to learn how to drive like that without having a collision. But you have come with the mind that, oh, I'm an expert driver. I've been driving for 13 years. So even though what he's saying, that's what he wants. If I drive like that, we can easily have an accident. It's not a safe practice. You are not a helper. You are an advisor. You are not a helper. Say amen. In this book, you will find how to choose helpers. It's written here. Principle of choosing helps ministers. Number one, employ people that are genuinely needed by the organization. I'll just show you the character that says, I have fun Genuinely. When, you, when the organization gets to your point, the church gets to your point, you need helpers. Without them, you can't do much. And I'm saying that to choose the people that the organization genuinely needs, you must choose them along these lines. Number one, they must love you. Number two, they may. There should be people who happily like to be behind the veil. Not people who have to force themselves to be behind the veil or they feel that they are doing you a favor. No. Anybody who behaves like he's doing you a favor when he's helping you, he's not a helper. You you need that person out. Okay. Okay. To be a child or to remain as a servant to help somebody, you need... 13 characteristics of a servant is in this book. The time is up. It's 2 o'clock. I would have taken you through those principles. So find it for me. You will find it, I think, in the second steps. 7 steps to 19 is there. It's under it. Thank you. You cannot be a good helper if you don't want to be a servant. If you refuse to be a servant. You see, one of the principles that we always forget in life is that it's better to be the nail. Is it correct? Nail, nail, n- nail, this one. Uh-huh. What's the same that one and the nail that you have? I, the spelling is the same, isn't it? My English is somewhere. Why? Yeah, so I'm talking about the nail, like fingernail. It's better to be the toenail of an elephant than to be the head of an ant. Don't you agree? Oh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you agree with me? And I'm saying that to be a good helper. You must transform yourself. If you are not like that already. You must develop your mind. You must develop yourself. To become a servant. Amen. And in this book, Mega Church. You see here 13 signs of a servant. Okay, number one is that. A servant has a master. Clear. So if you decide that you are a helper to a pastor, you are a helper to bishop or go, you are a helper to... Pastor, please, what's your name? Pastor Chasofori. Chasofori. okay. You are a helper to Reverend Chasofori. Is there any member from his church here? Is there anybody from Reverend Chasofori's church here? Oh, I can see two hands there. Okay. Oh, three. Go. I don't know who you are. I don't know whether you are pastors or your shepherds. But listen to what I'm saying clearly. If you decide that you are a helper and that you are helping him to do the ministry work remember don't say that <clears throat> you are helping him build the church oh. <laughs> that's not the word I'm using helping him to build the church no you are helping him to do his ministry because it's his ministry that will build the church yes. where we are sitting, everything that we are sitting here is Bishop Dark's ministry as Bishop Ogo always say So if you decide that you are helping him in his ministry, then the first principle you must remember that is that he's the master and you are the servant. If you, can't, if you can't take that principle, decide that I am not a helper. And by the way, if you're an assistant pastor or you're a branch pastor of a church, you're a helper. That's another mistake that many pastors make. When you are passing a branch Your senior pastor is not there What you are doing there Is that you are simply helping him And if you don't see yourself As helping your senior pastor in the branch You will not do well And some of you when you are in your branches And your senior pastor comes there to visit He's come today to preach in my church Your church indeed Say amen Amen Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. He said, A son honored his father, and a servant his master. I've seen some people when their senior pastor calls them, and then you see them, they try to, they, they want to go quickly to their senior pastor. Then they will look around. They will start to run. It's like they shouldn't run, because if somebody sees them running, it's like they are a servant going to their master. Shame on you. You don't qualify to be a helper. You see when i became a bishop when i was consecrated as a bishop one of my challenges i have which i think i still have is that people will come to me and say hey you are a bishop don't do that you are a bishop why are you doing this so one day a senior pastor saw me and i was running or something ah, you are a bishop why are you running on the car park i didn't mind him i, I continued to do what i was doing. when i came back and i saw him i said you know people like you should not be where i, I work yeah you are a bishop and so you are a bishop and so I'll just give you an example of Bishop ago. He's a bishop, a specialist. This, this, you should have come to see him in the where he was sleeping. At that point, he was like a servant. We had gone, we had gone. All that we cared about was that we have a place, the evangelist is okay, and we'll be able to preach for the three nights that we were there. <laughs> a servant has what? Oh, I didn't hear you. A servant has what? You must accept it That I have a master And the master is the pastor The senior person I am helping And when you are a servant you, you ask anyway Let me continue Number two A servant is at the back and core Of his master that, That's the point I was, I was making When you are a servant you must agree that It is not your will It is not your mind It is not your, what you wish to do I, I can't share my things with you it's not what you want to do at all it's not what you want to do i plan my life and lead my life around what bishop Doug wants to do that's how my life is planned i want to travel when he's traveled that i have a grace period out. this time i'm not part of the journey then i plan what i want to do yeah so my wife when i tell my wife oh next week i come and visit you if my wife is there says, don't listen to him don't listen to him he will not be able to come because he has a mind she she's grown to accept the fact that that is how it is i don't know whether you understand some of you say you are helping your pastor he is in church you are not when he says he's arriving at 6 a.m you will come at eight what kind of helper are you you must be there before he comes you must be there before he comes you survey the traffic and you tell him that please today leave 15 minutes early because as I was going to look at the traffic if you live at your usual time you'll be late or you don't understand it a servant doesn't have a time that he sleeps and he wakes up his master can call him while he's asleep his master can call him while he's awake his master can call him while he's in the shower Anywhere, anytime I used to tell people that Even the dogs in my house They work for the church Because when I go to church I open them so that they keep the house So they are also working for the church <laughs> Matthew chapter 8 verse 9 said, For I am a man under authority Having oh, I think you have read the scripture here today I shouldn't read it again Can you see the scripture When I came, that's what Bishop Bago was reading The spirit is speaking the same thing so a man under authority He will call the person whom he wants to call Come, you come, go, you go So if you say you are helping somebody And then you tell the person that Normally I don't want like to be woken up before 6am So please, if you need me before 6am Call somebody else you are, a bank manager. you are a bank manager Thank you And I know some people say that After 8 o'clock their phones are off Hey, your phone is off after 8 you are not helping anybody number three a servant is the one who executes the command of another what it means is that anything you are going to do you see for me to come here I told Bishop Ogoda you are my roommate I would like to come within within the constraints of the things I do but I beg you please ask Bishop that whether you can get me, if he agrees that I can come, I will come and he asks him that's why, that's why this is the only place I can, have come to preach in the last 10 years or so it's the only place because a servant executes the commands of his master when your master says stay here, you stay here, go here you go here until you have that, you can't help your pastor, you can't you cannot this thing I'm reading to you is under the steps to the anointing In the mega church The seven steps to the anointing That's why It's under it, under it A servant cannot be inconvenienced By any job or work <laughs> I'm helping you But when it comes to Your children, please don't bring it in I'm helping you But I can't wipe your shoes I'm helping you But when you are hungry, call your wife I am helping you but I can't be carrying water To be following you You, you, you cannot be inconvenient By the grace of God I, so much, and I have so many people working with me that There are some things when I am doing it They don't want me to do it And sometimes it makes me angry Are, are you here? This time I am talking to the shepherds How many of you are here who are not pastors? You are not a pastor yet Lift up your hand you are the ones i'm talking to you are the ones that i'm talking to because some of you you've been pretending like you are preachers for a long time you are not preachers you are helpers and that's the reason why your things are not working you are helpers. you are supposed to help somebody else to do the preaching and you don't want to do it you are running away romans 11 29 said the gifts and the callings of god are without repentance you can do uh, you can preach and do anything it will not work until you stop to go and help somebody. It's true. And until you take it serious. That is a ministry. A servant does not see himself as equal to his master. You say you are helping the person. But as you are sitting there, he's preaching. And you are saying, oh, I can also preach. If I had the puppets like he has. You are not a helper. You see. And all this is As when we say it, it's like a joke, and as you keep at it, one day it just comes out. One day you will do something, you will say something, and suddenly your master will see through that ah, this is it, and that is why he's not doing well. If you're also not a helper, don't try. Ha! <sighs> say amen. and you're a helper and you're helping somebody then you'll be saying oh, we're all classmates the church, we started it together when he started, I was there what, what are you trying to say? what you're saying is that I'm not his servant, we are equals never, never make anybody help you who has that mind or, or that kind of thinking don't let him help you because you will go nowhere recently one of our missionaries I was talking to him and he found out that one of the people who have come to, to do the missions work with him as he was sitting there with the person they would plan they would do everything saturday afternoon and then they would disperse he's supposed to go out with like six people to go and do door to door and so on every day they go and then they come and sunday morning a few people will come so one day he started to talk to some of the people then they, he found out that his main person traveled from ghana to go on missions. When they leave on Saturdays, he prays for the people, the six people, Then he will tell them, go and do your best. I'll see you. I'm going to the gym. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm trying to say? He sends the people to go and do the work, and then he goes to the gym. The missionary, the assistant missionary he's gone with, he goes to the gym. He goes to the gym. And then, he will tell some of the people that, the preaching, there should be a schedule, so that he can also preach. He's not a servant. He sees himself as, is it, is it correct? Even though he's not saying cheer, he sees himself.
0: <laughs>
2: Hallelujah. A servant carries out the wishes of his master. I think I've said that one already you carry out the wishes of your master okay a servant cannot be embarrassed by his job this is one of the main reasons why people don't want to help in the church but let me ask you a question when you are with your mother where are with your father or even where you work where because of mammon you work there when your boss is angry or he's not happy and he shouts at you do you leave that job Oh, I'm asking you a question you don't leave that job because it pays you but in the church when the person you are helping is embarrassed or is unhappy with you because you've done something against what is how it's supposed to be done then you are bored you are embarrassed because you have been faced so you can't do the work again a servant cannot be embarrassed when you are a helper the mind you have when your pastor is not happy or the person you are helping is not happy the mind that occurs to you is that you are sad because you didn't understand the instruction or you didn't you didn't have the ability to do the work in such a way but rather you have caused the anointed to be embarrassed and to be unhappy with you i don't know if you understand it when the anointed is angry with you your mind is that you are sorry and sad that you have made him angry Not because you are sorry or you are... Not because you are embarrassed or upset that he is angry with you. But you are rather sad because you have made him angry. That should be your mind. If that is not your mind, you are not a helper. You are not a good helper. Amen. When your pastor is not happy with you, he should know in his heart that you have. Become quiet not because he's angry with you, but you have become quiet because you are feeling sad from making him angry. Are you there? When that is your heart, you will go a long way to help your pastor because your mind is that you don't want him to show his frustration in public or to show it to a third party. But some of you, your pastor can even be angry from the pulpit. And as you have gotten up and you are going to correct it, you will be memorying as you are going. You will be memory. Some of us, that's how we're when we're children. So we have grown up with it and we have brought it into the house of God. Hey, but memories, they have their punishment. Hope. Sorry. Hey, Mr. Pogo, I have to finish now. Um, two more, I think so. Two more, then we are done. A servant does many jobs. You pick picking up crumbs <laughs> and serving food. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, "Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost." John six twelve. The disciples, Peter, James, John, the main apostles that you can think of. Jesus. <laughs> Gave them baskets of bread and fish to serve the people. Not only were they waiters, after they finished waiting on the people, he said that gather that the cramps. Can you imagine? Some of the people have chewed the thing and they were drooling, and they have someone spat it out and put it there. They have to collect all. Jesus made them collect all. Uh-huh. Some of you are making faces. If they ask you to collect it, you will be angry right now. Even if you do it, the next day you won't come to church. Your pastor will have to come and beg you. Hey! As the person says you, would, would you have collected the crumbs? I've seen somebody I know who went out with his pastor. And they had a flat tie. He stood on the side, and his pastor was changing the tie. I saw it. I'm not telling you something. I saw it. So after I watched it, the next time I met him, I called him. Do you know what he told me? So his pastor knows that he's not strong. His pastor knows that he's not strong. So, at least, even make the attempt. (sighs) Let me finish quickly. Let me finish quickly. Where was I? Okay. A servant promotes his matter while he stays below. A servant, he promotes his master Now it's clear, you understand it If you can't do that What what, what are you doing With your your master As you are with him Make him low Make him low When When he sends you, you go and say it in such a way That the person that he sent you to He looks small In the person's eyes You go and say Uh Bishop Ogo, my pastor, Bishop Ogo uh he says I should come and tell you that next time you come to the church don't behave like that again yeah, and as he was saying it he was very serious, so I have come to tell you what he just told me do you think that if Bishop Ogo even told him another, go and say this to somebody he should say it that way so when you say that you are lowering your master. It's not just because you are promoting yourself though. I'm Emmanuel, I'm Bishop of Assistant. But you know, I have chosen to be his assistant. Not because he has chosen me. And I just like him. And so I work with him. But in fact, when it comes to preaching, I can also preach very well. You can you can check out my tapes, And I actually have a website. You know, you go to my website and you will see. So when you see me walking around like that, it's not because uh, I, I, I'm an assistant. You know, it's because I have chosen to stay with him. You know what I mean? Now you'll be talking like that That is just one way But I'm saying that sometimes your conduct Your conduct, your behavior Around the person Your behavior around the person's visitors When he sends you, the way you conduct yourself right. That one alone Shows that you are not a servant To the person who has sent you Amen yeah. Or sometimes he says he says in a certain way And you want to say it in a nice polished way Than him, so that it's like you are a nice person He is not a nice person hey. When you are a helper, when you you can perceive that your master is about to pick a fight because this thing is going to irritate him, you pick it first. You pick that fight first so that he will tell you it's okay. Then you are seen as the one who likes fighting, not your master. amen but some of you your pastor will even start facing the person, talk to, to the person you'll be standing there and you'll say oh bishop I think it's okay it's okay instead of you doing the fighting he is doing the fighting and you are saying it's okay, you are the nice person, he's a bad person oh bishop he's sorry, bishop he's sorry he didn't mean that, so it's like you can see better and understand the person but your bishop cannot hallelujah yeah 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 I think uh, um, a servant I think I like this one I'll say this one and I'll end it here a servant does not expect thank yous or acknowledgement a servant the bible says that he will say I am an unprofitable servant, I have only done my duty Find that scripture, I put it there He will say, I am an unprofitable servant I have only done my duty When you have done a lot and then you have been praised they said The servant will say, I am an unprofitable servant I have just done that which was expected of me A servant does not expect thank you Every time a crusade is finished They have to stand there and say as the crusade is ending, we want to say a big thank you to the crusade director, Mr. KY Asamuah, for all the things that are here every day. And then sometimes maybe the evangelist will acknowledge some people for a particular crusade. When you finish, it's I mean, i uh, do really the never mention my name. This guy who came yesterday. Just yesterday, you see how they are mentioning his name. Everything I do is zero. I'll be going back to my Roman. Go to your Roman. Go to your Roman. Go. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Every day you want thank you from your pastor. You wash his car, he might say thank you. The brake fluid was finished and he sent you to go and buy. When you brought it, he didn't say thank you. Everything. He used your duster. You didn't even wipe his shoe. He saw your duster, so let me use it to wipe my shoe. When you go home, you told your wife, Today he used my duster to wipe his shoe. He didn't even say thank you. Oh, and another thing about a health minister. He does not discuss you with his wife. No, people are outside. What you are doing with him. It's true. Because when he discusses it, he will get. Bad advice and ideas. Amen. How many of us are here who want to become servants so God can use us and we can become helpers? A helper is the one who stands behind the veil and makes the things that is in front of the veil happen the way they should be happening and he does not expect thank you he does not expect acknowledgement (coughs) hallelujah that's the last statement I want to make and then we are out of here turn your Bible to Numbers chapter 2 verse 31 I just want to read that scripture and then we are going Numbers chapter 2 verse 31 All they that were numbered in the camp of Dan were a hundred thousand and fifty and seven thousand and six hundred. And they shall go hindmost with their standards. You have another version. Hindmost means from the back. They shall be the ones at the very back. Okay. These three tribes will be last, marching under their banners whenever the Israelites travel. Let me give you the full story and then i'll end with that when the israelites were about to move from egypt you know god is a god of specifications he asked moses to define how they will move so that, that's what the scripture comes from that judah shall go first so the people were arranged the tribes they were arranged according to tribes the total number of people so judah was first and the last was done. If you go through the Bible, the Levites were arranged in a certain way around it. Even when they, they pitched camp, they were arranged. This is here. So everybody knows where he's supposed to be. So there's no confusion. The Levites were around the temple. Even the Levites, there were different groups. The Kohais, there's this. Everybody had a place somewhere to the north of the tabernacle, somewhere to the east, somewhere to the west, somewhere to the south. So when they were moving It was clear that the family of Dan Would be the last Which means They were bringing the tribe from behind They were going From behind If you read the scripture once again You will find out When Jacob was dying Israel When he was dying And he was pronouncing the blessings upon the children When he got to Dan he said, Dan shall be like the other in the path of the horse rider. And he said that he shall bite the heels of the rider. I'm trying to put the two together for you. Dan was supposed to come from behind. And he was supposed to be in waiting to stop the people who will be advancing against the people of God coming from behind had a lot of responsibilities and the things to do which is what helps ministry does so the tribe of Dan were never seen when they are in the move they never see Judah they never hear their shouts it's echoed before they hear (laughs) all the people who cannot walk At a certain point, who gets tired and they fall? They were carried by Dan. Children who lost their shoes, this, toys, everything, were picked by Dan. They were coming from behind. The Bible says that they will come from the hindmost. They came from behind. When we're health minister, you mop all the troubles. That goes behind. That is under. That would disturb judah from being able to blow the trumpet that would disturb levi levi and all the people who go with him that would disturb them from carrying the tabernacle on their shoulders i wish i had time i would have that's the whole subject on this one to try and take it on for you to understand what dan does and what it means when you are coming from behind but let me say this last point it may not look like a glorious position it may not look like a position that anybody will see you one day a pastor came from America one of our pastors, I don't even remember his name I was there, he came to me, he said he has an offering for me I said me, from where, how, where do you know me from he said nothing I just see, I watch you and I just appreciate what you do I was so surprised that he had an offering that he was coming to give to me because I had never seen him before he mentioned his branch and everything. That is a position nobody will see you. Nobody sees you. But you must believe that what you are doing there is one of the most important things that keeps the tribes going. But listen to this. When you are at the hindmost, it also tells you that it's one of the places that attacks come from. Remember the Amalekites when they were attacking them, they attacked them from behind. That was the tribe of Dan. That was going. It was finishing. That's where they attacked them from. I just want you to understand this principle and this one thing. That the higher a ministry goes, the bigger a ministry becomes. The more you gather people and you try to gather. The more the people you need behind the veil. to mop up those who are falling behind, to pack up the pieces that have been forgotten and left behind and being dropped as we keep on moving and to stand against the Amalekites as they come from behind. So we bow our heads. I feel in my spirit that there are some people here you know that God has been calling you to help your pastor, to stand with him in your own way where nobody will see you and nobody will he ever hear your voice but you are afraid you don't see it as glorious but I came to tell you to encourage you today that look at me and develop a heart to do it happily and gladly the Bible says he's the rewarder he the one up there he's the rewarder if you are here and you sense in your heart that God has called you to be a helper come come and stand in front here I want to pray for you before we walk out of here come some of you are pastors but that's not your calling God is saying help somebody you are supposed to help another pastor that's why what you are doing is not working some of you are in this church you are doing things that do not work God is calling you to help come I want to pray for you lift up your hands and begin to pray need you to repent for those of you who knew that you have been called ask God to forgive you and tell yourself that from today you will do it and do it well ask God to give you the grace and the strength to come from behind and to do it happily lift up your voice, pray pray, say Lord use me use me use me Lord, use me from behind behind the veil Lord give me the ability let my input count let my input count God. strengthen my hand let me help those who are falling behind, help me to have the eyes to pick up the things that fall pray hallelujah father I pray for everyone here with our hands lifted up and our hearts turn towards you with God for you say that if we confess and we forsake it you will forgive us I pray for everyone here Lord those who have had this calling for a long time who have run away from it for your words said that the voice of the Lord came to Jonah the second time let this voice come back to your people Lord and I pray for everyone here that you will strengthen our hands grant us grace and the ability to work for you to be helpers in your garden for your work says that the king was with the helpers in the garden let your helping hand be upon us and upon everyone here that through us many ministries shall be pushed up lord through us much more work can be done many more souls will be won because we did our work well and we help our pastors thank you that our hands are strengthened thank you that our minds are renewed Thank you that our hearts attend towards this work. That we will give 100% to God. Whatever you tell us. And whatever our pastors tell us. Whatever direction you give them Lord. We will be able to follow with strength. And to support it. To make it successful in what we do. Thank you for many helpers that are released from here today. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. May go back to your seat. Thank you very much. Bishop Dr. Edinogo, you know, please put your hands together and let's welcome him. And I'm grateful for the opportunity.